Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast. We're your hosts, Karan and Kristen. On this podcast, we are highlighting ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold actions daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble. Today on our podcast, we are highlighting Lance Davis and Sean Lazio. Lance is a doctor of chiropractic, but don't call him doctor, a coach of veterans, my cohort in throwing awesome pirate parties, and my husband. Sean is a wizard, an army veteran, and an integration coach who guides men and women to create the life they desire. Together, Lance and Sean are the founder and co-founder of The Rising Warrior, a program that guides veterans to moving from stuck to flourish. Welcome. We're glad you're here today. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Wonderful intro. Yeah, I feel special. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you, are, you, are <laughs> you are a wizard, Sean. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Stepping into that more. Yeah, good. Good. <laughs> Thank you both for being on our podcast today. We're happy to have you here to talk with us. You both have had a journey along your path in becoming pirate. We'd love to hear your tales about your journey separately and then also what brought you together. Rock, paper, scissors, who goes first? <laughs> Lance, Sean. you go. You're the oldest. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I identify as a 24-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I've practiced this many times. Um, so as Kristen said, uh, I'm an army veteran. Um, I spent five years in the army infantry. I had two tours, <clears throat> one year in Iraq, one year in Afghanistan. Uh, I got out in 2009. And when I got out, I cut all ties with the military. I wanted nothing to do with anybody, anything military related. Um, and at that point, uh, I was the alpha male. There was nothing wrong with me. I was good. Um, and, man, Kron, you saying that we can't use and before we got on the show. Now it's okay. <laughs> uh, a little inside joke there, everybody. Um, so there was nothing wrong with me in my mind. Uh, I quickly realized that, okay, maybe there was something not perfect about what was going on in my life. Uh, I didn't know where to start. And, and when I say not perfect, I, I got labeled with the label of PTSD. Um, and I didn't know where to start with that. So I started with the VA. And very quickly, I realized that the VA was not for me. Um, they ultimately, they weren't helping me. They weren't helping the root cause. So uh, that's when I started diving down the rabbit hole of self-development, uh, diet, uh, head injuries or traumatic brain injuries. I just, I, I went everywhere and I searched everything. Um, and I ended up with finding two very key things that helped me. And now I get to share with other veterans. I, I learned the benefits of proper and precise language and simply emotions and that's what sean and i get to do and share with other veterans 
And that's where I am today. Kicking ass, taking names. So I just want to ask you a question. So when you talk about emotions, what do you mean? Like actually feeling them, allowing yourself to feeling them. Um, how does that tie in exactly? Uh, yes. And yes, feeling them and acknowledging them. Um, many males, this might be new to everybody, probably not. Um, males want to avoid emotion. Like we don't want to cry. It's scary crying. Um, and many of the problems that are, in my opinion, many of the problems that are dealing that men and veterans specifically are dealing with are, um, emotions that they just are afraid to feel. Um, I've, I've talked to some badass motherfuckers, guys that are kicking down doors and shooting people literally in the face. And they rather throw hundreds of pounds on their weight on their back and run into a firefight instead of talking to about their emotions. Mm. So yes, feeling and acknowledging. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Similarly, I joined the military, joined the army. I did this right out of high school. And uh, that's really where the journey for me began. And I had no idea what was going mm-hmm. on. I just knew that about a year prior um, <clears throat> to, to enlisting, I, I was a senior in high school when I enlisted. And I there was a part of me that speaking to me and I didn't know it was speaking to me uh, until recently. And this part was like, hey, there's something more out there go try it out. Like, uh, you know, all your friends are going to college and it just didn't seem like the right move. I didn't get any scholarships. And so I was like, cool, I've had this affinity for the military. I imagine I'm going to go experience stuff that I cannot experience anywhere else in life. And, uh, yeah, it set me down the growth journey without even recognizing it. And so did three and a half years, uh, did a deployment to Afghanistan as well. Uh, life-changing experience hands down and got out, decided it's time to go to school or that I wanted to go to school. And, uh, I wanted to play baseball again. That was, that was my life growing up. And so I got the opportunity to do both. Um, it was my first time <clears throat> really getting out of my environment outside of actually leaving for the military. So I chose not to go back to Southern California where I was born and raised. And so I ended up in Michigan for about seven or eight years and <clears throat> coming out of the military, uh, I was experiencing higher levels of disconnection everywhere in my life. Because I had this story that uh, if you weren't in the military and you're not a veteran, like you don't understand and you don't get me. And so it was hard for me to want to open up. And what didn't help was people when they found out that I was in the army and I recently got back from deployment, uh, the conversation went to like, oh, I wonder if this guy's fucked up (laughs) because they knew I was in a combat job and, uh, you know, I'd seen that stuff. And so I, I found it super interesting. It was also very frustrating And what it did for me was it brought up a lot of discomfort and, uh, similar to Lance, uh, I, I had a bad experience with the VA before I even got out. Um, as I was exiting, it was, uh, I was struggling with sleep. And so I went and talked to, you know, one of the doctors and within 10 minutes, he was already uh, prescribing me, uh, antidepressants. And so. I, I thought maybe I would get some sleeping pills. And so I, I looked at the, at the information label, noticed that it was a, you know, antidepressant started noticing all this, the possible side effects. And I was like, 
Absolutely not. I would re- like I've I know too many people who are uh, stuck in the loop doing this, and so I I'll figure it out on my own. Like I was perfectly content to do that, and so that led me down the rabbit hole, uh, which led me to programs like Training Camp for the Soul and Lifted, the Strong Coach, um, other uh, personal development programs, different podcasts, plant medicines. Like I I was all in on it, and. So yeah, that's that. That was the trajectory of, of my path, and then uh, within my first year of, of being in college, so uh, end of twenty twelve into twenty thirteen, I ended up uh, purchasing a gym off of who was a friend at the time. Uh, had no aspirations of being a coach or a business owner, and the opportunity presented itself. And after a conversation with my parents, uh, I went along with it, and it was one of the best decisions that I ever made. Like the amount of growth that I've experienced from that is uh, exponential. And so very grateful for that. And, uh, I just closed that chapter on my life about three months ago. So officially sold the gym and, uh, decided to go out on a nomadic adventure. So to be a real, a real pirate out on, out on the seas, which isn't really water, it's all land. And I'm a mountain guy anyway, so we'll figure it out. Mountain pirate. Uh, I'm a mountain pirate. Yeah, yeah. We're starting a new, a new label. We're mountain pirates. So, so yeah, that was my journey. And, you know, to speak into uh, something that Lance said real quick, he talked about these feelings and emotions. Um, <clears throat> as I was reflecting when he said that, like there was a very huge turning point for me when I got ready to ship off for basic training. Uh, I had a going away party and a friend was sitting with me and I knew I signed up for a combat job. I knew I was going to deploy. Like it was just a matter of when. And so one of my friends who was sitting with me expressed her concerns and she started crying. She's like, you know, I'm legitimately afraid that something's going to happen, you know, when you deploy and without even thinking about it, like this message came through of like, Oh, you don't need to worry about it. Like, I know I'm going to be okay. I know I'm meant to do something more like that came through at the ripe age of 18. And I thought nothing of it. It was just like, Oh, that was weird. And like I was just able to make that connection of like, oh, hey, that was that that whole feeling thing that you actually allowed to to come in. And on the other side of that was the message that needed to be delivered. And so mm-hmm. that is one aspect of like really listening to your emotions and feeling them. So, yeah, it's, it's fun stuff. So, yeah, now Lance and I are doing The Rising Warrior. And, yeah, we get to help other veterans. Um, and it's been it's been a blast. We're in our beta group right now. Really enjoying it. That's cool. So how did you and Lance get together? <laughs> I, I'll tell, I like telling the story. Are you, okay. What you okay with that, Lance? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you have this one. I might, I. Please interject as, as yes. you feel necessary. Go for so, it. Yeah. Lance and I uh, met by proxy through the strong coach. Um, he was told to reach out to me knowing that I was a veteran had been through TCS and so as, as he mentions, uh, when he tells it, like he was essentially calling to do a client interview, you know, to get more information about myself as well. And That's so that was calling people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so that was, uh, that was the beginning of it. And, uh, what we later found out was when Lance and Kristen went to training camp for the soul, I was supposed to be at that retreat mm-hmm. and something happened in my life that took me away and I made a decision to, to stay back. And like life really changed after that. And it's also cool that we got to meet. So that was the beginning of it. And then um, it was through Enlifted, one of the other programs that we did, uh, that we uh, stayed in contact. Uh, we started a uh, veterans group within that. And then I believe, was it before or after that when we, when we met up in August? 
Was it slightly before? I I think it was slightly before. Everything just happened at once. (laughs) Yeah, lots. A lot has transpired over this last year. So we met in person August of 2020 at at a men's retreat, and uh, yeah, connected there. uh, Got to realize that I knew his brother who lived in Michigan, which was super crazy. Like, had Mm -hmm. no idea. Uh, Been to his brother's gym and talked with him, and then uh, we hopped on a call. Also a veteran. Mm. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Lots of, lots of stories being shared there and no connection until that time. So yeah, then we met, uh, we met up for an enlifted, an enlifted group, uh, call for veterans. And after that call, he reached out, uh, had some, had some really kind words to say, which was also very confusing to me. Uh, something along the lines of like, Hey man, like I see the strength within you, like lean into it. Uh, Mm. and wasn't expecting it. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I'll listen. I'll assume he's right. And so I started to lean into that. And then fast forward a couple months, uh, we somehow, uh, a whisper, there was a whisper on the wind that brought a group of us to, to Portland. Well, so I, at this point, I've only met you in person once in August. Yes. And if, if yes. I remember correctly, you reached out and wanted to stay at our house. And I was like, all right, sure. Why not? <laughs> it was Ben. Our friend Ben Joy was the one that actually reached out. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, that we ended up in in Portland for New Year's, which very unexpected. I had thought Oregon, thinking Southern Oregon. Turns out we end up in Portland, and we have a great time. Uh, we get to connect there. Uh, I was supposed to be down in Southern Oregon for a couple months uh, with a friend. I end up spending pretty much four or more weeks with Lance and Kristen uh, hopping between the uh, garage, which was great. <laughs> and there may or may not have been a shed stay in there as well. And <laughs> I say that with no judgment because it was my choice. Um, I, I was totally okay with it. Was the garage uh, too good or what? <laughs> the garage was preoccupied. I had, oh. lost, I had lost my spot. Nah. Uh, no, it, yeah. So there was... Uh, the garage was occupied, didn't have the space for it. So I ended up hanging out in the shed for a couple of days, which was great. Like I just needed a place <laughs> to sleep anyways. So anyways, uh, to be honest, I was very drawn away from working with veterans. And so in, in the few times that Lance and I connected. Y'all are. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It, we're starting to see it's part of the process. It's, it's weird. But yeah. You know, during our connection, uh, Lance pointed out, you know, damn near every time. Like, hey, man. Like, I think you should work with, like, you're the perfect fit to work with veterans. And I just resisted, resisted, resisted. And that so, which you resist persists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So fast forward to, I think it was uh, about early February after we'd spent a couple of weeks. Uh, I was down in Selma. Then I came back up to Portland, hung out for a few days. And it became very clear to me. I was like, you know what? This is worth it because, like, I saw what Lance was doing. I saw the drive that he behind that he had behind it. And, you know, knowing that we had a shared language and he was really helped me. uh, He was really able to help me see how, how simple this could be and how difficult I was making it by Mm. painting this huge picture of what I thought it needed to be and and how it was going to look. And like, he helped me really see how simple it was. And so I was like, you know what? I trust him. Like, the that that working relationship was there like we were thinking a lot of the same things saying a lot of the same things like it was just you know what this is 100 percent worth a shot 
And I'm incredibly grateful that he did because, yeah, on the other side of this already, we're three weeks into our beta program. And uh, yeah, the complete perspective shift. And mm. it, it's complete perspective shift for you or for, for me. And uh, I imagine for those going through the program as well already. You, you, yeah, three weeks. And these guys are just like, you can see it in their eyes. Mm. Yeah. And it's just like, what? <laughs> what? So yeah. tell yeah. us, yeah, tell us about the program then. So how long is it? Like, what do you What do you guys? How is it structured? Like, what are so, you guys doing? I've worked with veterans one on one, and at that this was a while ago. I don't even know time anymore. Um, <laughs> again, I'll restate. I'm running on caffeine and very little sleep. So <laughs> excuses. I know excuses. Was it, was like, it in the pre-COVID times or the post-COVID times? pre-covid times oh so way back yeah that, wow <laughs> wow we're already at that point where like way back is pre-covid yeah. this is crazy the olden times yeah the good old days <laughs> yeah. um so i worked with veterans on a one-on-one -on -one basis and i was getting good results and i realized that you know this is great and there are way too many individuals out there for me to do this one-on-one -on -one. Mm. so i did a group project and I was like, hey, this is cool. Um, and then I tried to do another group project, another group project. I've had like four betas mm. in a group project. And now it's another beta because it's Sean and I. Mm. Um, and I already forgot your question. <laughs> what are we so doing with the program? Yeah. Yeah. What, what is, are we what doing is with the program? The program? Yeah. What yeah. is it? What are we doing? What is the aim? <clears throat> What's the aim? Tentatively, right now, it's an eight week group project. Mm. And our goal is to help veterans help veterans. Mm. Um, we are giving them the, our goal and what we're doing is giving them the tools to A, help themselves and then B, turn around and help others. Mm. Um, my goal is to make us obsolete. Mm. Mm -hmm. horrible, yeah. horrible business idea. Never, <laughs> never make yourselves obsolete as a business. <laughs> Google, don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, with this work that you're doing, like what social rebellion are you looking to start here with, with your work? Oh, man. Uh, the stigma about veterans and the stories that come along with that. And uh, I mentioned earlier that I ran into people who expected me to be fucked up from coming back from a deployment. And like, how, how does that feel as someone on the receiving end of that coming back into a society that all of a sudden, you know, the stories they don't understand, you know, they don't have the context, right. And it's, there's so much disconnect. And so that is by far one of the things that I'm looking to do is, is to break the stigma around what it like, <clears throat> how veterans are viewed, right. In society. And also, uh, it, I'll, I'll go out on a limb on this one. And Lance, I'm curious your thoughts on this as well. Ooh, live. Uh, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. going there, guys. Uh, to break <clears throat> break the, the individual sense of what it means to be a veteran and the story around being a veteran and the identity of being a veteran because mm -hmm. something that both Lance and I have experienced and the more that we, we get out there and we, and we find others who have gone down this similar journey is... Uh, the, one of the biggest pieces of it is actually letting go of the identity of being a veteran, 
which is so hard to do because there's so much wrapped up in like what it means to serve your country and like mm -hmm. patriotism and like all this other stuff. And so like, man, we get put into this box and that box can be so heavy and just mm, mm. lots of pressure that come that comes along with that. And so, yeah, on an individual basis is helping veterans drop the identity of being a veteran. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to elaborate on this. Yes. Um, I don't know about you growing up in Canada, but here in the States, um, veterans, they stick out like a sore thumb. Mm. They, How so? Uh, the way they dress, the way they walk, the way they talk. Um, stickers, the, the clothes stickers, they wear. Yeah. Legs on their hats, patches, all this stuff. Mm. Um, and this is my opinion. And I, I encourage somebody to um, rebuttal it if you want. Um, I believe you have to let that all go. Hmm. You have to get rid of that, move past it. Like Sean was saying, you gotta, you need to shed that identity. And then once you shed that identity, you can go back to it. Hmm. So um, it sounds like you guys are kind of erasing like programming or indoctrination that, that happens in the military. Beautiful. So that you can actually reintegrate back into society. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Cool. I, Podcast done. <laughs> Good job, guys. You guys are awesome. Love Nailed you. it. Peace out. Yeah, that was great, Kron. Right. Uh, yeah, I love love the the word choice there, and and what that brings to mind is uh, something that Lance and I have talked about is uh, this is the journey to discovering ourselves after separating the military. Mm. So it, it's that's the lens in which we are now viewing it from, which makes a lot more sense where we're at mm. now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're in the military, you're told what to do, what to think, how to feel. Everything is planned out for you. And then you get to the civilian world and you're like, oh, shit, I have a new identity. I, mm -hmm. I have to recalibrate. And that's why so many people hang on to that. They just hang on to this identity of the flags on their, and their hat, their patches and all this. And yeah, you need to let it go. Yeah. And it's, it's a chance to, you know, rediscover who you are and, and what you want. And, yeah. and that's a big part of being a pirate that we, we talk about often is um, asking yourself, what do you really want? And it sounds like you are, that's what you're guiding people to, to rediscover. Would that be accurate? Yes. Yeah, that is a hundred percent part of the process. Uh, learning what it is that you want on a fundamental level, instead of what you imagine you want because of what society says mm. or what others around you say. So See what you did there, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Words. Inside joke. So you guys are literally taking people from the Navy and turning <laughs> them into pirates. That's what I was thinking. Too. Oh my God. That is <laughs> so good. Yes. We're, we're, oh yeah. We're making pirates out of, holy crap. Bruh. So yes. <laughs> uh, so you you guys, we, we all know about how the Navy back in the day was horrible. Hmm. And what pirates did was stole people from the Royal Navy and made them into pirates. Hey, Sean, high five. Dude. Oh, for <laughs> Thank those, you, the mind blowing no moment just happened. But I want to hear the noise, Sean, the mind blowing <laughs> noise. It might be a little too high pitched for this. Yeah. I really thought about it. Like, Oh <laughs> man, Kron, that was such a good, good distinction. 
Sean, you haven't had a good mind-blowing moment in a while around me, so that, that's a good one. Thank you, thank you, Garoppolo. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting more grounded. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let Kristen talk now. I'm Phil Spent. Right. <laughs> I'm done. done. Mic drop. <laughs> she's done too many mic drops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I, I was thinking the same thing about how like, the Navy, you're taking people directly from there, like some of them literally the Navy um, and turn, yeah, turning them into pirates by getting them to start questioning and um, sitting with those emotions. And you're even encouraging them to lean into discomfort in order to be able to find their identity and who they are. So what would you say, or what is your opinion on what, what's the most uncomfortable question that someone could ask themselves as they're looking to change their identity? Most uncomfortable question in those who are seeking to change their identity. <laughs> well, we can I'll, hit pause on the recording if you need some no, time. No, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with what I feel. That question is, how does that feel? And where do you feel it? Um, for those that are listening and don't understand, um, emotions, energy in motion, emotions and feelings present themselves in the body. And some people might be thinking, what the hell are you talking about, you goddamn hippie? <laughs> uh, um, example, when you're sad, your eyes water. They're called tears. Um, when you're angry, your blood pressure rises. When you're anxious, your heart rate speeds up. Like these emotions present themselves in the body. So how does that feel and where are you feeling? Mm -hmm. How about you, Sean? All right, so I was typing this out to make sense of it. So the most <laughs> uncomfortable question that I would ask someone, the thing that comes to mind, <clears throat> Are you willing to accept that you are the one thing that's been holding yourself back from having what it is that you want in life? Mm. And how have, so, have you answered that question for yourself? Absolutely. And that was by far one of the most uncomfortable moments was the the moment I realized that I have I was literally the thing that was standing in the way from all the all of the things that it was that mm -hmm. I wanted. Mm -hmm. And that is, that can be, it's not always, uh, it can be, and most often is uh, one of the hardest things to come to terms with, because we live in a society that wants to project and blame all over the place, cancel culture, like you name it. Mm. And it's always your fault, their fault, his fault. It's the big brother's fault. It's the government's fault. It's my, my boss's fault. It's my parents' fault. And most people uh, rarely take the finger and they point it back at themselves and be like, all right, I'm going to get real with myself. Where am I to blame in all of this? Mm -hmm. And it's, that's the moment when you can accept that, that life begins to change. And that, that is the type of stuff that Lance and I are, are, uh, essentially working towards not only with the veterans, uh, also, uh, within our groups with any of these support conversations, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching outside of veterans, like I said, 
And it's, <clears throat> it's teaching them the tools to be able to be okay with that and to know that life's going to be okay. Like you're not a piece of shit because you, you know, we're operating within the system mm-hmm. and you now have awareness around it. It is that, Hey, you now have awareness around it. Like what a gift. And it's okay. That it's uncomfortable. It's okay. If you want to cry, if you're mad, you're, you're sad, frustrated, you know, shame, guilt, whatever comes up, it's all perfect and you can be with it. So yeah, really uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's key for so many of us in our, in our personal development journey, whether you're a veteran or like you said, out if you're not, um, is really just taking accountability for your life. And um, I remember when I first started, I also did the strong coach program uh, with you guys and yeah, projecting all over the place, projecting (laughs) over everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the moment that you take accountability and no longer take a passive role or play the victim in your own life um, that you can actually start to make changes. And we, people have trauma, you know, we're talking about whether that be trauma with a capital T or, you know, just traumas in life. And we still get to choose what we do with the rest of our, of our life. And I wasn't in the military, but I was a police officer and I've seen, you know, a lot of, you know, shit (laughs) as a police officer. Mm -hmm. And it really was doing this work. And you mentioned, um, you mentioned Ben Joy, we did some one-on-one coaching with him and really diving into those stories and releasing um, the things that were, were holding back from that identity. And, you know, it was to the point that, you know, 10 years out of the policing, and I'm bringing this back to what you guys said to 10 years out of, out of policing and my um, badge number was still like my pin on everything. Right? Mm. And, and what, it's not, na- it's, it's not now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't have much money. So good luck. Um, <laughs> but releasing that identity of being, you know, uh, you know, detective constable Adderley, which was so far in the past. I've moved countries since then. Yeah, I was mm. still clinging on to it. So I love what you guys say about releasing that old identity um, in order to move forward and take accountability in your life. So what you guys say really resonates with me there. May I make an observation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of, so I'm, I'm the chiropractor as Kristen stated, and I see a lot of police officers and firefighters come to my doors and I treat them. And they like to, what's the word I'm looking for? They like to short themselves or discount themselves. Um, They like to discount themselves and what they experience and what's going on. Uh, Many times veterans get all the glory for PTSD. Mm. When in reality, if you have five deployments, five years overseas, whatever, police and first responders see this shit every day in and out. Mm-hmm. And they don't get any recognition. Well, they do, but they don't get enough recognition. So like, like you said, oh, I was only a police officer. Well, mm. you don't get called up for somebody to give you praise and give you a pie. Mm-hmm. Um, you you get called up to see the shit every day. So uh, I really dislike it when first responders, police, firefighters, EMS 
say, oh, I'm just this. Well, mm. you guys see a lot of shit. Um, and one of my goals is to start working with them um, because, yeah, they discount a lot of their stuff. Yeah, and I that rings true. Most of the men, my father, my uncles uh, are firefighters or were firefighters, even my cousins now. Um, and one of the... One of the big turning points for me in the Strong Coach program was when we got to really dive into the connection between service and sacrifice. Um, and I'm wondering if that is something that you get to address uh, with your veterans and how do you separate um, the idea of serving without actually sacrificing? Um. I don't know if, I mean, we, we have the ability to do that. I don't know if that's in our direct curriculum, Sean. It, um, it, it is through the lens of you need to fill your own cup up first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and to elaborate on people listening, um, service and sacrifice. A military, they believe they have to be of sacrifice, whether most of the time it's sacrificing their own time, sacrificing their own well-being to be of service. Mm -hmm. In the military, there's a phrase that goes, mission, men, me. So the mission always comes first. Mm -hmm. And then the men that work under you come second. And then if you're lucky, at the end of the day, if you have five minutes, you get to put yourself first. Unfortunately, you've learned not to put any effort into yourself. So you never put yourself first. You're always burned out. You're always pouring from an empty cup. So yes, mm -hmm. there's a collapse distinction between service and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I echo what Lance said. And yes, <clears throat> at least with this group, we haven't had that specific conversation yet. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I do love it though. That, that gives us a lot of awareness of, of uh, really bringing it up because I imagine that is where they're at. And uh, actually uh, someone that I was working with spoke right into that of, uh, you know, talking about not being able to sleep and like taking on all the tasks and doing all the chores and, and, you know, well, nobody else will do it. And, and there's, you know, all these different stories. And in, in reality, he's suffering mm -hmm. because he's sacrificing himself and <clears throat> he doesn't even have clarity on why he's doing it. It's just, oh, well, this is my job. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, that's, that's right. This is where, this is where it begins, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, it has to start somewhere. And um, yeah, it's, it, those are, those are some of the top moments that we see that bring people to, uh, to really want to change is, is that, that story, right? Sacrificing, right? Cause the more that we sacrifice of ourselves, especially when there, there, there isn't a clear goal or a clear direction and it's just expected of us, like, yeah, we, we begin to, to experience way more discomfort because there's that part of ourselves that's trying to wake us up and like knocking on the door. It's like, Hey, if you don't pay attention to me, I'm going to make life real interesting for you. And we're mm -hmm. like, Nope, shut up. I don't need time for me. I don't need to take care of myself. Um, and then all of a sudden it explodes mm -hmm. and you're left with an injury or a, a tragic situation or what we, what we would call a wake up call in life. Uh, something that we teach is that you have, you have three phases of learning. And the first phase is the tickle. So if someone's tickling you with a feather, it's like, hey, I'm over here. Pay attention to me. And you're just like, oh, whatever. And then the next phase is the brick. So you get punched in the face. You're like, okay, 
I, I can see this a little bit more clearly now. And there's also still that like, but I don't have to do anything quite yet. And then the third stage is you get hit by the Mack truck. And at that point, you have no other choice but to listen to whatever the message is. And so, yeah, the service versus sacrifice is one of the top ones that we see that gets people to that point. So mm. super interesting. And do you have your pivotal moment or your, you know, your brick moment that you'd like to share with us for your journey? <clears throat> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, one that comes to mind was. So just for a little bit of context, like growing up, I. Once I once I joined the military, I made the decision to join the military, there was that, that sense of like, okay, there's something more. And so I had it in the back of my head. And uh, as I went through, went through the military, very eye-opening moments. Um, but it wasn't until afterwards. And the reason why was because like I came back from my deployment with this whole new perspective of like, wow, like I have so, like the way I showed up in life was different. Um, you know, when when you almost die. And on a daily basis, you don't know what's going to happen, right? This is why this also ties into what Lance said about uh, law enforcement and, and, you know, EMT firefighter. It's like, that's a daily thing. And so mm -hmm. how do you dis how do you separate that in your experience? So I came back with this completely new mindset and I know that in that process, I was losing friends and uh, there was a lot of conversations going on that just didn't make sense. I'm like, Hey, I want to come see you. And I would get excuses. Oh, I don't have the money or I don't have the time. And, you know, me having just experienced like, well, I almost just died, you know, a hundred times over this last year. Like I I'll spot you. Mm -hmm. Like you want to take the day off of work. I'll pay, I'll pay your day. Like that's where my mindset was. Mm -hmm. And so I met a lot of resistance in that. And then, uh, it was <clears throat> back in about 2014 when it really came to a head and, uh, I was dating a girl at the time. I, I just started running, uh, running my gym. So that was a new experience and there's a lot of adrenaline going with that. And then I started dating this girl and there was a moment where we experienced this huge disconnect and we had this huge argument and it was this overwhelming uh, sensation that came over me that I couldn't explain. I just, I felt so bad. Like, you know, like my thoughts went very dark. Like I thought I was this horrible person. And like, so my thoughts started to go down that road of like, well, what's the point of even being here? You're clearly letting people down. Um, that was the brick. And then, uh, that's what really started me. Like I, I made a shift and then I attended training camp for the soul in 2018. So there was a big gap in there where I was, I was riding the wave pretty good. There was a lot of things on the up. And then, uh, once again, it was, it was another lady, uh, 2019, we split up and this was one year after I'd done this retreat that changed my life. And I still wasn't able to really integrate what I had learned. And so that's when the Mack truck hit me. Uh, we split and then life to me, like the story I was in was that life fell apart. My business was going down. She left. Um, I, I was just, I, I was down at the lowest point that I, I'd ever hit. And, you know, I, I came to a point where I gave myself two options. Option one, I go into my room and this ends or option two is I hop on the phone and I do something about this. Mm -hmm. And so like that was the Mack truck moment for me. And like honestly and truly life since that moment has has forever changed and 
yeah, the having the tools that you know Lance and I are talking about and what we're uh, we're, we're looking to provide with others, like those were the like those were the exact things that helped me out of out of that situation because, yeah, I wasn't paying attention to the feather, I wasn't paying attention to the few bricks that I got hit with. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still, I was like honestly, I was still playing the victim. I was one hundred percent caught in the victim mentality in the story of like this is not my fault, this is outside of my control, and I took that for a ride. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's allowed me to be where I am at now. And I'm super grateful for, like I said, to have those tools and Mm -hmm. yeah, but that was my Mack truck moment. It's the ladies. (laughs) What about you, Lance? What was the question again? (laughs) What was your Mack truck moment? Was there like a pivotal moment, um, when you returned that, that started this journey? I don't believe it was a... Mac, there wasn't one like moment. It was a slow progress. Um, I was going to school to become a chiropractor and one of my buddies, he was Coast Guard and he spent three years on the beaches of Costa Rica doing nothing. And when he got out, he got like 70% disability, which means the government looks at medical records and all this stuff and says, Oh, we screwed you up. Here's some money. We think you, you know, 70% disabled. When I got out, I didn't get any disability. And he looked at me, he's like, dude, you've been deployed. You jumped out of airplanes, all this, you know, crazy stuff. He's like, you need to get your disability reassessed. Um, and that started the, the whole process. Um, mind you, like I said, previously, there was nothing wrong with me in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up going to a psychiatrist and getting assessed for PTSD. He asked me all these questions and I walked out like, holy shit, maybe there is something wrong with me. Um, And damn him, I was fine before that. (laughs) He brought light to some faults in my life. Um, So thank you, whoever the hell you are. Uh, And No, thank you. Um, and that's, you know, I imagine I had the problems before the, the, the just seething anger towards everybody. And that's a projection, seething anger towards myself. Mm. Um, and, and that for years that grew. And then there were the, the suicidal ideations, which is a weird thing at least for me and other veterans I've talked to, um, they don't necessarily want to pull the trigger. They're just feeling better off not being alive. Mm. And now I look back and it's because these weird feelings going on in their body and they don't know what the fuck's going on and they're afraid to acknowledge them. Um, So there was no significant one Mack truck. It feels more like there was just a continual Mack truck just running over me. <laughs> just dragging you. Just dragging Freight, you behind. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's what led me to, yeah. Jumping on the rabbit hole of uh, mm-hmm. not VA. And so being a pirate is all about taking small, bold actions. So what small, bold actions have you taken to get you to where you are today? After you got hit by the Mack trucks, <laughs> what are some of those bold actions or that you're taking now? 
Go ahead, John. Dibs. You first. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, God, there's a lot. Um, the the first thing that comes to mind is I started taking time for myself, and like that was really bold for me because I had the story of put others first. And uh, I was the type that would endure and show up for other people, even though I was struggling and to, you know, be the light for them and, and to help them see and, and all the same time I wasn't taking my own advice. And so like one of the, the smallest, like what I would say small in this context was, yeah, like taking time for myself. So starting to say no, mm-hmm. um, when I, when I knew it was a no and, you know, instead of saying yes, because I felt obligated to, to show up or to be there to do something and then um, you know, that transpired over a couple of years into me getting to the point where I finally accepted that I didn't want to, I didn't want my gym anymore. I didn't want to coach CrossFit. I didn't want to be a CrossFit gym owner anymore. And, <clears throat> you know, that was very difficult because it was such a huge part of my life. And so the bold action was like one, accepting it and two, following through on it. Uh, and this was just August of last year when, when I got to the point and I said, you know what? Like, I am okay if my business tanks so I can go take this month or two off. And uh, I was feeling called to co- come out to the mountains. And so started with a men's retreat in Colorado, got to backpack for a couple of weeks from Colorado to Wyoming, to Yellowstone, up into Glacier National Park, and then back down to Utah outside of Salt Lake City. And then that led to a month in Idaho with, with some friends of mine. And yeah, that that was a, a huge step for me and mm. to like be okay. Telling my coaches like, Hey, you know what? Like, I got to do this. Like, this is for me. Like the mountains are calling and, you know, paying someone to manage the gym for that time uh, while I was gone. And then, you know, ultimately sticking by that mm. decision to sell, even, even though I didn't have, I didn't have another job lined up. I didn't have any other income coming in. Like it, the money stories and the fear, the, the, the survival mode went through the roof and yeah, I was able to, to see that and be like, yeah, it's okay. Like, yeah, I admit I am fucking terrified mm-hmm. to walk away from what has been my life for the last seven and a half years and to go live out of my car camping and joining up with, with people at Airbnbs for whoever knows how long, like who knows how long and for how long of a duration we're going to stay there. Like, yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. And I'm still going to do it because like, this is what my heart wants. So that was the bold action following my heart. Mm. Yeah. I like that. What about you, Lance? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to get out from under the Mack truck. I'm going to get in the Mack truck and I'm going to toot my own horn. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, recognizing that I am a legitimate badass. Mm. Sh- shedding that victim mentality of woe is me everybody's against me nobody loves me everybody hates me and realizing that i'm i'm fucking awesome and then living it toot, toot. <laughs> um and then just to, to um talk about like what sean was talking about i first met him when he started I first met him in August when he first started this journey. And I was like, holy shit, you're selling your gym and you're just, well, I don't think you were selling your gym at that point. You were just I was talking about it. And then you're just going to go. And I'm like, wow, that's, 
that's that's pretty that's pretty cool <laughs> what do you want to say that's pretty stupid <laughs> no I, I i thought i i knew i knew a little bit what yeah jealous i knew a little bit what was going on yeah um and i was like that's that's pretty fucking cool and then I, I was gonna say it's bold yeah it's definitely bold mm -hmm. that's not a small bold step that's mm. a, <laughs> the leap <laughs> um and then i've spent some time with him and the people that they go around it fucking hate it <laughs> i i could not do that i can do it i choose not to it's it's very uncomfortable uh, i like routine i like uh quote unquote safety mm -hmm. the bold action then lance was you coming out for yeah. four days yeah and, no, and, li and living the chaotic lifestyle not doing that again <laughs> yes, you, yeah, you, you guys can all come here <laughs> well and Speaking of coming this way, um, one of my favorite pirate quotes has to do with like, if you want to save the world, you have to throw better parties than those trying to destroy it. So part of how we met you, Sean, too, Lance and I was through party. Um, <laughs> and with that, we started asking questions too about throwing better parties. So would you two like to elaborate on what you're doing, what your plan is to take over the world by throwing better parties? Personally, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have ideas. I, I mean, I, I have ideas, but if anybody's listening, um, that's part of this. Uh, I apologize. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'll, I'll come straight out and admit it. No clue what I'm doing. I'm winging it. Um, so far, so good. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it, it, this is, this is something that I had my eye on since, mm, <clears throat> I would say this actually started for me early 2020. We went to Envision Fest and got to experience a music festival, like the full experience had the private cabana because a friend of a friend was there. So it really opened my eyes to like how magical these coming togethers were. And I was like, wow, I wonder if I can experience that again. And then it happened in August. It's like, holy shit, I wonder if this is going to happen again. And it happened again in September. And then when we had the house in October, like the entire month we were there, like we were having these moments. And it wasn't even us consciously like, yo, let's get together and throw a party. It was like, hey, let's get together and connect. Mm -hmm. And then it happened again in December. And then all of a sudden, New Year's rolls around. I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. And... Uh, so it's it been on the forefront of my mind and you know the things that come to mind is one have fun mm -hmm. like dr drop status quo drop the expectations and what it should be and have fucking fun like that is such a main staple in, in uh in how i view this is that a lot of this change that is happening a lot of the growth a lot of the healing a lot of the transformational experiences is all coming as a result because we're coming together to have fun and to connect mm. and so that is one main component of it and uh, i want to give a huge shout out to a friend of ours grant who introduced uh the hacky sack back into our group <laughs> and so my bold plan of partying is that we're actually going to throw a festival where hacky sack is one of the main staples and we're going to have a couple at least two or three awesome djs and it's going to be a, an amazing event and it's going to be focused around hacky sack and the reason why i say that is because ever since he introduced it to us uh god back in when we're all in southern oregon hanging out in a little bit uh he actually gifted me my my first hacky sack <laughs> 
as he left Portland, <laughs> sneaky bastard. We were all coming off of uh, Lance's birthday party, which we crushed. And he he stays a couple days, and all of a sudden he leaves. I get this text. I open the door, and he let he gifted me a hacky sack. And he left mm -hmm. it on the porch, and I was like, "Man, this is like amazing! Like to, to be gifted anything like that." Because I knew how much he uh, he held the the hacky sack in reverence. Mm -hmm. Now, not necessarily in reverence, but like <laughs> it was a huge part of his thing. Like it's something that he really enjoyed, and so to to get received that gift from him was was awesome. And then every experience that we've had since, like we get lost for sometimes hours literally playing hacky sack and it's been one of the most beautiful experiences that i've gotten to witness especially when someone new comes into the circle and they've never played before and they show up and give zero fucks and they try mm. and all of a sudden we get the first hack which is when everyone around the circle participates in in, in kicking it and making sure that it doesn't touch the ground like we lose our minds <laughs> over that and it is so fun. Or like when someone learns how to get their first stall or they use their like non-dominant leg, like people are going bonkers and celebrating this shit. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, like we're having those same experiences. And so like at the micro level, it's even happening. So yeah, we're going to take over the world with hacky sacks. <laughs> you guys remind <laughs> me of my youth. Yeah. Back in the that olden, olden days. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hacky sex. This is new to me. Um, yeah, Lance got okay. to experience this. Well, no, I didn't know you were going to take over the world by hacky sex. Oh, well, yeah, that was just <laughs> that was just decided uh, a couple days okay. ago. Cool. Very cool. Um, parties. Uh, my dream is to throw <clears throat> festival. We can call it, I guess. Um, with learning experiences, workshops people coming together intentionally to grow um, in small, when I say small, I mean, few hundred, maybe a thousand. Um, yeah, having, getting together, having fun, collaborating, um, especially now, mm. since we've been so separated, um, the world is in need of this, especially our communities. Um, yeah, that's how we're going to change the world. Yeah. 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 There of connection. Mm -hmm. um, there's only so much you can connect with through Zoom, although that is Kristen and I's major form of connection. <laughs> Karan, we're going to smuggle you down here somewhere. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Get you at a pirate party. Yeah. We'll actually create a pirate ship and we will we will we will uh we'll sail you across i can't remember the lake uh right there on the border but where montana uh and glacier national park meets up in uh, is it lake Mc, no not lake mcdonald there's one that that splits canada and, and the united states so we'll, we'll, we'll get you on a, on a pirate ship all right that way we can all just come up the coast too i mean we're on the west coast so, like, i don't know we gotta go find a lake that we don't know yeah. the name of that makes too much sense yeah. <laughs> They, they would be expecting that. They would be, yeah, that's too, yeah, too predictable. Although you could go on in the ocean and yeah, just, instead uh, of a lake. <laughs> just wade in the water across the border on the Pacific. They won't notice. They won't notice. I'm sure no one's patrolling that. No. Um, <laughs> so how would you guys recommend our listeners um, to go about starting their own pirate life and taking small, bold actions? That was a great way to start. 
find out where you see a lack of something hmm. in and their life or in the world or um ooh, very good question um both hmm. uh, start with your life um if you want to change the world you need to change yourself something like that allows sue or i don't know some chinese problem somebody way more intelligent <laughs> linguistic than me uh yeah start with yourself mm. fix yourself yeah uh i i agree on on starting on the personal level and mm -hmm. uh, the way that <clears throat> the way that i would word it is start to question yourself Ooh, good one like start questioning everything like let yourself go to that far into the spectrum where nothing makes sense anymore and go there because it's that's where it starts right typically we wait until the mac truck moment until we go okay something's going on whatever and instead start now start with, with where you're at and start questioning and if you don't know where to like if you have difficulties with that find a podcast find a book find anybody that's talking about this stuff Mm -hmm. and just start somewhere all you have to do is start mm -hmm. and then trust from there right if if, if <clears throat> in a perfect world uh, i imagine everyone uh, reaching out to a guide or a mentor or you know someone that they know who has been through a, a similar process and start picking their brains mm -hmm. and just simply get started and then mm -hmm. from there you can start to show up in the world because i the, like i'll speak from on my experience, which was, I saw all this stuff going on in the world that I wanted to change and fix and like be the savior. And, um, I, I, I never quite had the drive to do it. I just, I noticed it. I didn't like it. And I was like, something's wrong. Someone should do something about it. <laughs> somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then once I started down my own journey, it became more, more apparent. It was like, Oh, by starting here first, I start to get a better framework of how I operate. Now I can better show up in the world to be of service, mm -hmm. right? Instead of continuing to sacrifice my damn self uh, for, for the sake of others, I can now be of service because I better understand uh, where people are at and, and how to, to meet them where they're at and, and how to communicate. And also, it's also led to a lot of acceptance, right? Accepting, accepting myself where I'm at, accepting other people where they're at. And yeah, but get started. That's it. I would like to elaborate on that. <laughs> Very true. Spot on, Sean, as always. Um, question everything. And that's a big thing for military individuals because mm. you're always taught to do what I say. No questions asked because they want you to shut up and go be a bullet sponge. Mm -hmm. I was a bullet sponge. I was really bad at it. Thank God. <laughs> Thankfully. Uh, Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you get out, any veterans that are listening to this, question everything mm -hmm. and be prepared to be wrong and be okay with it. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to steal the next question uh, from Kristen and leave the last one for her. <laughs> because <laughs> um, I've read it and I already can't stop laughing. Um, so the next question, just where can our listeners go and find more about you guys and what you're doing? You're laughing about that question? No, the next oh. one. <laughs> um, um, the Rising Warrior on Instagram um, at this point, 
depending on when this comes out, we don't have a website yet. We're still in beta. That's okay. Mm -hmm. um, the Rising Warrior on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, my personal Instagram is I am Lance Davis, separated by like periods or something. I don't know. Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, Instagram and Facebook as well for me at Sean underscore Lazio. Um, yeah, that's uh, I, I'm posting a lot of personal content as well uh, on top of, uh, you know, what we're doing with the Rising Warriors. So it's talking a lot of, about a lot of the same concepts. And uh, it, it's been a if, if you're curious about getting started, go read some of my posts. Mm. Like we, we can start there because uh, I, I'm mm -hmm. I'm stepping into my wizardry <laughs> and speaking about life as I'm experiencing it instead of keeping it back. And so. If yeah, if you want to taste, just go read some of my posts, and if anything resonates, like, perfect, mm -hmm. shoot me a message. I'd be happy to chat. Cool. All right. So our final question is, before we sign off, gentlemen, do you know any good pirate jokes? <laughs> Lance, Sean, do you know any? Okay. I'll, I'll go, I'll speak softly and slowly so you can look it up on your phone. <laughs> uh, okay. How did Captain Hook die? I don't know how. He got distracted while wiping on the toilet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, come on. Are there really any high quality no jokes? okay and and we always have one in in reserve and i'm gonna let kristen tell it because it's uh <laughs> making me laugh for like three well, questions I did, I, I did put two down so the first one okay the first. we we need to hear sean's sean do you have one well he's he's i think he's googling <laughs> yes i found a really good one okay yeah, good. let's hear it why don't pirates go to the strip clubs why? Because they already have all the booty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> all right, are you ready for the one Kron's been laughing at? Yes. Yes. I did. What did the first mate see down the toilet? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> the captain's log. <laughs> yes. I get it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Poop and farts are are always <laughs> funny. I don't care how old you are or who you are. Always if funny. You guys, well done. If you watch this on YouTube, you can see me start laughing about 12 minutes ago. <laughs> John's talking about some very, you know, serious things. And I'm like, Captain's log. Um, I should have pre-read that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, this has been so good to have you guys on um, and have this talk. I think it's really, I don't think, I know it's really important um, work that you guys are starting and I'm really looking forward to see where it takes you. Ditto. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah, us on. It's you. been a blast. Thank you for listening to Pirate Living Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast. And follow us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up on the latest community news and find out about our coaching programs. And until next time, keep creating good trouble. <laughs>